this cactus plant is a live spiritual being. And when we suggest it, we generally what happens is we take the spiritual being, we kill it, we ingest it, we become its afterlife. I am so grateful to share with you my next guest. Mary Porter is a friend and spiritual mentor. Mary is the co-founder and director of the Looking Glass Peyote Church in Oregon. Mary is a descendant of the Nez Perce, the Yakima, and Wasco tribes. Mary is a chaplain and former sergeant-at-arms for Northwest Veterans Motorcycle Association. Yes, she is a badass. Recognized by the Peyote people in Texas as a non-tribal, four-fourths, full-blood American Indian with intact knowledge of her ancestral descendancy that spans 50,000 years, a history that has been maintained orally and recently verified scientifically. Looking Glass Church is a bona fide 501c church. They are connected with the good faith practice of the religious belief that the earth is our mother and we are all parts of nature. Therefore, we are all subject to natural law and the unchanging moral principles regarded as the basis for all human conduct. Please deeply consider donating or contributing reparations to Mary and her work. You can contact her at peyotechurch.oforegon at gmail.com. Again, that's peyotechurch.oforegon at gmail.com. Please reference myself in the email. Today in my conversation with Mary, we are going to cover her horrific upbringing and the racist abuse she suffered under the doctrines and practice of the Roman Catholic Church and how their ideology affected her family members. She will also challenge the idea of the Western use of psychedelics for recreation and healing, especially plant medicine. We are currently moving into a new wave of mental health care with psychedelics are we inadvertently westernizing and commodifying thousands of years of wisdom contained in plant medicine and its spiritual practice? Moreover, we too often stop short at personal gain and personal healing and completely miss our individual and collective responsibility to carry forward to others and our communities the message and wisdom the plants give us. We kill, ingest, and do not become its afterlife. Mary will also challenge us to do our own ancestral work and understand what was going on um, um, in our deep ancestry, both in the world and with our clans, our tribes. She'll also challenge us to take more responsibility for our own healing. Strap in. I guarantee that if you are open, Mary's message will open your eyes and heart to deep truth 
within you. Welcome to the Therapy Road Trip. I'm your host, Patrick Prague. This is a show where we look under the hood to see what it is really like to be a client and also the therapist in the traditional mental health world. We will also explore what is working and where things may be broken and in need of repair in the therapy world. We'll also look at alternative or non-conventional forms of therapy, from this recent wave of psychedelic psychotherapy to indigenous practices that you may never have heard of. I'm grateful you are joining us. Now let's jump into today's episode. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was that like? And and maybe even start with your lineage if you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my childhood's kind of icky. Okay. okay. It's really icky, but I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to give the, the general basic, you know, um, because um, I, I think it's important that people um, know that. Yes like me come from you know being an abandoned child and unwanted to yeah. you know what it takes you know what you have to do to uh, uh you know pull yourself out of it because that's really what you know i look at all my other relatives that never pulled themselves out of it and uh, you know i just had a nephew who was 30 who just uh died of alcohol poisoning uh Oh. So, you know, there's it. T- it takes a really strong person, as you well know, because you're you're you know, you're an abandoned child as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is what I think. This is what drives a lot of us that that maintain our you know our um, level-headedness about our situation. Um, I I think the majority of us end up being working in some kind of um, medicine or you know, mental health. So that's a really good point. I I think uh, I haven't met anybody in my circles, uh, therapists, colleagues that really aren't trying to heal something within themselves, or that's a process of, of, you know, um, growth for them. Yeah. 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 When, when, if I could, when you, uh, and we don't have to go into it, but when you said you had an icky childhood, um, how much of that, is this a, even a fair question? How much of that is because of racism and because of what the... All of it. Uh, yeah. It's Christianity, uh, the, you know, the, the, the Christian um, way of accepting human beings See, in my case, because my mother and father were half brother and sister, in the Indian world, in the Indian world, I'm royalty. To Christians, I'm an abomination. Wow. Wow. So, you know, and then my grandmother trying to be, you know, a good, good Catholic. She was raised by Jesuits. Yeah. You know, so I had, you know, it, it um, there was a fine line. I, you know, at home, at home, mm. it was a mixture of really, I felt hated mostly mm. by, you know, my siblings 
I, I didn't even meet my mother till I was two. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. And I never really talked. I, I, I knew my dad, but I never talked to him. I, I never knew he was my father till after he passed away. Um, wow. uh, he would yeah. come to visit and, and I told, you know, I, 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 I told a couple of my sisters that, that are, are, um, they're my father's daughters who never knew me growing up. And now they're, you know, I talked to one of them, she comes to visit me. She comes all the way here, you know, mm. she's come twice to visit me now. And, and we've talked and, and, and I told her the thing that really, really bothers me about our father is you know he used to come and visit my grandmother because that was his aunt i see and i used to think he was coming to visit her yeah you know and so i served coffee and cake or whatever she wanted me or cookies or whatever we had you know set up for that you know that visit and I'd come in the kitchen or wherever they were sitting and I wouldn't stay there because I, you know, it's really, uh, you know, I was taught as a really young kid to, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. And, you know, yeah. so I would serve up the whatever and I would move on to another room. I mean, every time he left, and this is what I told my sister Bernadette, every time he left, he would always say she seems happy oh. you know? and i told her that was the you know um looking back on it now i remember him saying that every time he left my grandmother's you know and it's like you know um just because i'm polite and i have manners yes doesn't mean i'm happy yes yes you know um, being a one of and you know unwanted around my siblings and even my mother you know you want to be polite and you want to behave and you want to be the best you can be and that's what I was like when I was a kid you know I just wanted to you know just be accepted for what you know you know for what for what I was you know um, because my grandmother would tell me my grandmother would tell me from, I mean, I remember for as long as I could ever remember, she would tell me that, you know, you are not wanted. Your oh mother God. does not want you. Your father does not want you. Oh. Your family doesn't want you. This is all you have. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be accepted in this world. I mean, this is the kind of thinking that I was raised in, you know, and I used to, I, I used to be so sad because she never allowed us to cry. There Your were grandma. Other, yeah, there were other foster kids in the house. Yeah. Um, she never allowed us to cry. So I would, I would go in the back of my closet. Hmm my pillow and i would cry my bloody eyes out oh man uh i mean from the time i mean i remember i was still in diapers doing this you know i i you know i remember i remember the very first spoon of food she gave me that was solid food is that I right i remember so much as a really young child um 
I mean, and and I can I can remember thinking to myself, even when I was really little, I don't belong here. I don't know why I'm even here. Yeah. You know, I'm as good as I can be for everybody. Yeah. And no one seems to like me or want me. And it's like, that is how I grew up. I mean, um, my, that, my big saving grace was that my grandmother always, I always had a dog from the time I was a baby. I mean, I always had a dog. That was, that was your companion. That, that was your emotional connection. Yeah. That's all I had. It, and that's all I had in the world. And my grandmother made no bones about, you know, that, uh, that this world does not want people like me. Because, <laughs> because you were not married or you were not like myself, you, you were out of wedlock. You were created out of wedlock. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Did your mom give you up? Your dad wasn't around, but did your mom give you? What happened to me was um, my mother abandoned me in the hospital. The, nurse, that right? the nurses said that she never picked me up. She never looked at me. She left me in the hospital and had them contact my grandmother and tell her that... Um, Either she comes to get me, or I will be going to um, to a, a orphanage for Indian children, which was yeah. Cushman, which was Cushman in Tacoma. So my grandmother came and got me from the hospital. Uh, my grandmother named me. Um, I never, I never met my mother until I was two, and I remember. I remember meeting her, you know, I, my grandmother, um, she was sitting in my grandmother's rocking chair and my grandmother walked me out to her and set me on her lap. And, and I just told her, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Wow. I know, told you, I know you don't love me and I know you don't want me. So I'm sorry. And I just, got off her lap and went up and sat in my closet. <laughs> oh. I couldn't even, I mean, I couldn't bear to even, I mean, I still remember, I still remember that day. I still remember the smell of her perfume and the dress she mm -hmm. had on. I remember I it all, you know, and, it, and, you know, it's, it's, it, it breaks my heart all the time. You know, that's why I, you know, that's why I'm doing um, what I'm doing with this church is because, um, you know, uh, had I known, you know, then that what I was really um, being nurtured by and being um, cared for by was that spark of life that started my growth in the womb. So these adults weren't nurturing me. They were mm -mm. feeding me and they were caring for me, but they were not nurturing me. And and that's so hard, you know, as you were talking about that, I think we both had tears in our eyes, that that sense of not being wanted. 
Yeah. It it, it is. It's you know um, it's the cruelest thing to um, expose a child to. It's the type of thinking that makes them feel like they're not wanted in this world. I mean, um, and and as I meet adults, you know, most of the adults that come to me, um, their child, their inner child is the one that's really coming to talk to me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I know that. I mean, we're, you know, and, and generally, generally, I have close friendships and close um, emotional ties to people of the same background that we were, you know, we were, um, yeah, we were something of, of, um, you know, a calling of nature more so than anything else. That's a really awesome way to put it. We were a calling of nature. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I think that, um, you know, in, in my work with, uh, um, the sacrament. Uh, I I have found that Mary, I'm sorry, cut you off, but explain what the uh, the sacrament is. Um, the sacrament is peyote. Okay. Um, um, we call it the sacrament. I I, I uh, because that's what it is. It's you know it's the sacrament of the um, people of the northern hemisphere, um, but. That what peyote has taught me is that as human beings, we are all prescribed to be here. It's like we need these trees along this river. Um, we're prescribed to be here. And um, uh, in our work with other human beings, um, this is what nature's asked us to do. Uh, I, we've been out, my husband and I have been out here in um, the desert for seven years. Uh, and um, um, the people, the people that have come here, you know, they were all, um, they, they all kind of were seeking advice about themselves. And yeah. what, you know, what, 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 what grabs me about these people is they're willing to go all the way across the country or in some cases across the world. I've had people here from all over the world, but um, they'll, they'll come here to a person they've never met before yeah. and ask me to heal something that I know nothing about. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, well, you know, um, I, I try to get the, you know, we, we, we generally have, when people come, they spend three to four days here. And the first okay. few days, I'm trying to get them, to, I'm trying to get them to understand that I'm not the person who needs to heal them. Uh, we, we need to trigger that whatever it is in them that they need to heal themselves because I can't heal anybody. I can only I can only heal myself. Uh, I can give 
you know, I can give instruction and I can help people, you know, find their path, but I can't, I can't, you know, I, I'm an administer of the medicine. I'm not, you know, I'm not the medicine. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, you know, that's so interesting because the, the there's, yeah, I mean, in the school of psychology, in the school of therapy, I am trained in that's exactly what we're finally coming to understand is that we have it what we i would call it an inner healer you know that's our job right to bring that and so are you saying that the medicine uh, the peyote uh yeah now how does that interact with that how does that help someone find that or or the thing is, is that I have um, um, more than 40 years working with peyote. Um, I understand the language of the medicine. It's a spiritual being. This cactus plant is a live spiritual being. And when we ingest it, we, generally what happens is we take the spiritual being, we kill it, we ingest it, we become its afterlife. Um, the, for someone like me who's worked in it so long, um, I, I mean, I seriously can, and do have <laughs> psychedelic, um, I have like psychedelic moments when, um, when I have these, and I have these thoughts that, you know, clearly are not mine. I'm not that damn smart. But taking the sacrament and um, becoming its afterlife, you're hearing the spiritual messages. And see, when I, I spend see. time, when I spend a little bit of time in person with people, what they're actually doing is they're speaking to that. They're spending the time with that spiritual being that that I've ingested and I've let become, you know, uh, this human in this world. I There's, see. So I see. Yeah. What we do is we get this our energy, and that's you know the important thing about this, uh, you know, the sacrament and uh, with San Pedro and even with mushrooms is yeah. if you're in the energy. If you're in the energy of this other person and see it, you know, you, you're, you're, there's a communication between these spiritual beings. Yes. Yes. So, um, and that gives me an idea, uh, you know, of what, you know, they're looking for and, and, you know, and it really helps <laughs> that I've, found I'm somewhat of a medium and a few other things, but it really, those uh, other things about myself really help to understand what's going on with other people. Um, um, you, to you totally see it at a different level than, than me, you know, it sounds like, I don't know if that's a good description, but you're seeing the spiritual, um, um, you're seeing it uh, through spiritual eyes, um, through the with the sacrament through this um you're you're seeing it with spiritual eyes but really the well 
here's a way to explain it um, for me anyway we had talked about mushrooms and I had this revelation when you say, Hey, when you take, when somebody takes the medicine, takes the mushrooms, they need to continue. Um, they need to live out its message. It's not, you know, take it, have a good time trip, but now, um, it's their job to continue the message. Is that right? Do I have that right? It is because you have come in, in you know, in, in, in terms that people can understand. When you take these, when you take these psychedelics, I can only speak for the mushrooms, San Pedro and peyote. But when you take those three, you are, you are entering into a spiritual agreement. You're agreeing, oh. you're agreeing that you will become their afterlife so that they can continue their work as a human being with the spirituality of these spiritual beings that you've just killed and ingested. Wow. It's a, a, you know, it's one of those, it's tighter than a verbal contract. (laughs) Yeah. More binding than a legal contract. (laughs) 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 wow you know um and and a lot of people who you know um who i've talked to that were interested in you know psychedelics from looking glass is you know and they weren't they weren't willing to accept that type of you know understanding i'm not saying believe it i'm saying Accept, accept this as a understanding. If you can't accept this as an understanding, you don't need to have any medication from me. Yeah. <laughs> because that's my, you know, that that is my agreement with these medicines. That nice. I will see to it that I will see to that only the people who are truly, truly aware of what contract they're getting into, you know, because I've had, I, I, you know, over the time, over time, I've had a few uh, um, not so great outcomes, but this is not because of the sacrament or because of psychedelics. It's because of the mind and the thinking of this individual. Going into it just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I give it a, I give a, I give people a lot of time to really kind of get to know them because I've had mm. people, you know, like I, like I say all the time, people say things, yes. whether they mean them or not, you know, and, and you know, people say things, you know, um, whether they're true or not, if, if they're just trying to make you comfortable with what they're, you know, what they're trying to get at or what they're trying to get out of you. I, you yeah. know, and I'd rather people just be straight up, you know, I mean, it's better for everybody in the long run because it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I've seen it on so many occasions. It's not a good idea to come here to a medicine person and ask for something and lie to me about what is going on. I have a pretty good mm. questionnaire. Mm. I have a pretty good questionnaire because... I, um, 
and, and I wrote it myself because I want people to say these things back to themselves. I want okay. you to, it's it's kind of like a contract between uh, Looking Glass Church and this person. Tell, tell remind me, Looking Glass. Sorry to interrupt you, Mary. Go ahead. That's okay. Go ahead. Looking oh. Glass Church is uh, we're um, we are uh, the only church um, in North America that is based on pre-European contact. We are a federal 501c. We are recognized federally and and by the state of Oregon. So you're a part of that church. Are you are you the boss of that church? Yeah, I like to. I tease. I tease the lady right now. I have a. <laughs> I have been I have been the president and and the CEO of the church since its beginning, but last October I appointed a new president. Mm. Um, mm. But she's not the CEO. So <laughs> okay. So basically, right. well, I I will always maintain control over everything um, coming and going outside a Looking Glass Church. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, my husband and I actually are the founders of this church. Um, he's uh, he's full-blooded Irish. He's a he's a full-blown pagan. <laughs> he's a descendant of he's a descendant of the last uh, pagan king of Ireland. Um, so um, I, we founded this church um, basically uh, because. We wanted to be sure that any of the any people, if we're for anybody of any race, we just ask that you know your DNA and know where you come from. That's you know that's why I, I've requested people to do their DNA. Um, I prefer people to do their DNA because what I've uh, scientifically uh, and um, um, spiritually, I've found out that um, peyote uh, um, it it triggers your DNA. Oh. So if you know, see, so if you know your, you know where you come from, I suggest people if they've done their DNA, kind of look at the the years, the dates where they were around certain places. See, I've from Siberia, my mine goes from Siberia to the Netherlands to Finland to wow. uh, to Papua New Guinea and to uh, um, the Karatiana tribe in the Amazon, and then I'm Native American. Wow! So that's that's going way back, right? Uh, yeah. Going from the beginning of fifty thousand years ago, fifty thousand years ago, my DNA originated in the Alpine Mountains in Siberia among the reindeer people. Ah, uh, wow! And, and there was a—I know that I've studied this. I've gone over all this. Uh, um, Forty—I think it was forty-five or fifty thousand years ago. <laughs> There was a 
Maybe it was sooner than that. Maybe it was 10. I'd, I'd have to really look at that. But there was a thing called the shamanic movement that came out of, that came out of the Altai Mountains in Siberia. Half of the people, the lowlanders, the, 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 the Altai Mountains are really, a, it's like, I don't know if you know what Mount Rainier and all that stuff is, but they're like that. And then, and, and then there's these people, the mm -hmm. lowlanders, who live down below the mountains. Well, there was a movement started. Um, the lowlanders, they took the route going over Baringa, over towards Alaska. I see. And then the shamanic people, which I'm a descendant of, the shamanic people, um, instead of... See, they, they, they figured what was happening, why they needed to migrate like this, is that they knew something big was going to happen, so they all had to leave. Well, um, the, the, the lowlanders that crossed Baringa, they made it to, to North America first. But I descend from the people who um, took it as a sign that they need, needed to help these other people first. So they took the land bridge over to the Netherlands and started the reindeer culture among the Sami and those people over there. They believed, my ancestors believed, that they were answering the prayers of these people who were starving. Oh, so, wow. So, so they go there. And then from there, um, well, that's where my Neanderthal comes in. Is okay. Uh, uh, that's where my Neanderthal comes in is from Finland. So I thought, oh my God, don't tell me I'm an ogre. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it goes from Finland over to Papua New Guinea, where they're real black people with a you know bone in their nose and. But I'm a descendant of uh, the mountain people of Papua New Guinea who were like dog soldiers. They preferred yeah. not to live around people. And when they did, when they were summoned down from the mountains, they went down and took heads. They were cannibals. Okay. Or like okay. the dog soldiers, they would deliver any type of justice that the chiefs of the area. So then they go from there to the Karatiana tribe in um, South America, which 250 of their members have never left the Amazon. Um, so right? it's really rare to have, you know, to have that Papua New Guinea in there with the Karatiana tribe in, uh, you know, South America, you know. So, um, and this is why I ask people to really, you know, do your DNA and just do a basic general understanding of what went on during these times when your DNA were in these areas. Okay. Okay. And, and it gives you a good idea of what, you, what nature is asking you to do here. You, uh, you know? What a beautiful, so beautiful that I've never thought of that, you know? I've never thought of looking, looking to my DNA, looking down, you know, my ancestry roots to find out what 
what's well, being asked you know, of you. You know yourself. So looking at those times and seeing what those people were doing at that time, you 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 would know. You would know what your ancestors were doing. You know. Yeah. So I, I really, you know, coming from, you know, I'm a descendant of, I'm a descendant of uh, um, um, Chief Jim Brown of the Sock Swaddle Tribe and uh, descendant of um, the Nez Perce uh, Chief uh, Joseph. Um, so, so, you know, and I look at the, you know, I look at those guys, you know, I look at Chief Joseph and I know why I was a biker. <laughs> Natural born tactician. <laughs> I lived the biker wars, and I lived through the Portland biker wars. I was one of I was one of the worst people. They, I, I, uh, I, I had picked the side. So, and I, <laughs> everybody knew why I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> well, Natural uh, born tactician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, it, it's important, you know, it, it, you know, and when, when, when you're like me and, and, you know, no one has really told you, see, I just found out two years ago that, that I'm a descendant of Chief Jim Brown. I've known forever that I was a descendant mm. of Chief Joseph, but I really didn't know anything about Jim Brown. Uh, but the more I find out about him, the more, you know, I'm so like these people. It's not even funny anymore, you know. That's <laughs> like, please do it. You know, it's like, you know, couldn't you just name my name me repeat or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the message still needs to get out, right? It does. It does. You know, nothing's changed. You know, it, and what really is, you know, what's 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 really um, disheartening at times um, about this world to me is that you know people don't understand and and nor are they educated on the different growths of spirituality you, you know i mean i still have you know i i have you know sisters and you know nieces and nephews who, who you know they're doomed <laughs> You know, you look at them and it's like you're doomed, but I, you know, you don't want, I don't want to say nothing. I don't ever say anything unless someone asks me directly. I mean, that's the other thing about, that's the other thing about working with the psychedelics is you don't ever want to give anybody their answer before they ask the question because nice. you can throw them off of their whole future. You know, and and I found this out the hard way. Wow. You know, wow. you know, people. You know, I, I, it's so crazy. And it's like, I, I was in town the other day, and we're like an hour from, you know, town's an hour away. I was in grocery shopping, and I had a grocery list. You know, and I, I always follow my list, but sometimes I throw a couple extra things in there. So I threw this extra thing in there um, for my husband. It's you know a little um, um, energy bar with nuts and yogurt and all that happiness. And and when I got home, I was unpacking the groceries. See, we are. I hardly ever get this far. But I was unpacking the groceries. He goes, "Wow, I was going to call you and tell you to get me some of them." Uh. I said, 
no one can tell me that I'm not psychic because I happen to be all the time, you know. So, you know, we, we we all have, you know, we all have this ability to know what we're supposed to do. And, and this is where, you know, this is where the right and wrong of people's actions come in. Okay. You know, um, um, we all know it's right and wrong. You know, you, you yes. can pick up any little object, any little thing and know right from wrong. And it's like that with everything. But some people, some people who don't have control of their spirituality and even understand that they have this spiritual being like right here. Yeah. You know, because it's right there all the time, right there, you know, Um, and they choose to ignore it over and over again i i see people that just break my heart you can see that that they are just out of reach to their own spirituality they don't even really have to talk to me i can look at them and i can feel their energy just disruption wow yes yes they are separated and they are separated from their own spirituality and they've done this to themselves you know whether or not whether or not we were educated about these things or not the bottom line is that we are personally responsible for the, the you know the safety protection and growth of our own spirituality it's not up to somebody else and if we disconnected ourselves this badly, there's no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> I love that. You, you know, we have to, you know, there's, you know, I, I wish there was a way, to, I wish there was a way to, you know, um, get um, the education of spirituality outside of Christianity and outside of, you know, this controlling factors that they teach you so they can control control you you know i mean that's right um, yeah uh that's what it's you know that's what all the education is is about controlling you and understanding exactly what you know see they don't want to leave they don't want to leave the room for the unknown because they don't want to be in the unknown deal with spirituality and the spirituality of others there's a big unknown factor, huge. It's all unknown, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and the way society runs today is they need to know exactly, yeah. exactly what you're thinking, how you're thinking it, and and and, and when you're going to use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the idea of making room for the unknown. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, even as a therapist, you know, we have our theories, we have our process, but to leave room, you know, because yeah, I, yeah, I have every, I think every therapist, well, I'll speak for myself. You come into the room um, and you can either, well, I don't know if it's this black and white. You can either listen to what's happening spiritually or you can do your thing. And and I'm sure both can happen. But, you know, if I come in with an agenda, 
I'm going to miss so much. I'm going to miss so much. Oh, I love that. Yeah, well, it's like holding space for the spirituality of this needing to grow. You know, allowing allowing this unknown to take form, you know, without you know, without prejudice of this is how this is going to, this is what I need to know. And this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's if just... you give respect to that, you know, that spirituality, even if they don't, even if they aren't aware, most people aren't aware that they've got this giant spirituality they've got to deal with, you know, but when you knowing this, knowing that people aren't all, you know, engulfed in understanding their spirituality and where it's going today in this minute, because I'm just a fanatic. <laughs> you know, I need to, I need, you know, I need to be on track. I, you know, I really, if I'm not on track, I'll, you know, I can get myself on track. I feel, I feel when I'm getting off track. I, you know, I'm sure everybody does, you know. Um, well, not everybody does, you know, I, I, I well, I don't think so. I sometimes I don't even know I'm off track. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know that comes with you know that comes with a lot of years of riding a motorcycle. Yeah, I rode for twenty-seven years. I didn't have a car for twenty-seven years. So is that right? Even in the winter. Yeah, but in the winter, I I rode over a snow-covered pass with one Marine veteran one time. He said, you're so crazy. I'll never ride with you again. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, I used to get up every morning when I rode and, and, and I would say, you know, I would say my prayers and I would say, Hey, look, you know, I know today, today may be the day that, you know, someone needs to get off this planet, you know, if that's the case, pick me, you know, I'm, you know, (laughs) here I am. I'm ready. I'm I'm walking those. I'm pickable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still here I am, you know, and I I never ever had I never ever had an accident or even anything close to an accident. <laughs> and I rode I the first thing that went on all my motorcycles was the speedometer. <laughs> you unplugged the speedometer. <laughs> Not only unplugged them, I ripped them completely out. Is that right? Yeah. I needed a place for my gun to holster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> as you say that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what? As you say that, I'm thinking about. You know, I grew up. I grew up not knowing who I was and not knowing who my father was and or my lineage. And, um, yeah, I think I chose, I didn't, I didn't have a gun on my motorcycle, but, but I, I rode wild. Let's just say that not, and not just on my motorcycle, just in life. I rode wild. I just felt like, you know, if I'm going to be good for something, if I'm ever going to be good enough for anything. And I mean, I was, I was a. I rode with uh, combat veterans. My mentors were, you know, Navy SEALs and commandos, you know. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I got in 
with the, you know, I got in with the, I got in with the good people right off the bat. I had uh, Navy Steel, I uh, called him my mother, and he served in Vietnam, and he was my mentor for the first few years. But, you know, I see all this as, you know, this, this um, outward protest. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, I protested with, you know, um, class and dignity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I had some really good people to, you know, to help me out. You know, yeah. um, unfortunately, but most of my Vietnam veteran friends have passed away because that's, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there is that. I think, I think you articulated what I couldn't is that it was an open protest for um, the, for me anyway, the not, the not belonging, right? Well, fuck you. If, if, I, don't, if I don't belong over here, then I don't need to belong at all with, with most of you, right? I'll find my own place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, um, and, and I think it's a healthy way. I think it's a healthy way to protest, to build yourself up, to be, to do the things. I mean, I was, you know, uh, I'm the only woman in my family for generations that even, you know, rode a Harley, <laughs> let alone built them, you know. So not only does it become a, you know, outward protest, but, but you tend to um, um, create this inner fortitude that is bulletproof. Okay, so so I'm yes. not wanted by these people over here, but hey, I want the hell out of myself. You know, I I want what this person is. I I want I want, and I mean, when I was a teenager, one of my and when I was like 14, one of my friends asked me, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, I'm going to be a biker. <laughs> and she laughed, you know. <laughs> you know, I did it with, you know, um, not only with class and grace, I did it with, you know, some real American heroes, you know. Yeah. I, I yes, didn't you go did. halfway, yes, you, did. you know. You, you do, you got to do for yourself to, for, you know, to fortify your own stuff because you don't, you know, with people with families, you know, they've got all this, you know, they've got all this outer fortification. They've got these siblings who love them and accept them and admire them. And they've got, you know, these parents that hold them up what all joyful, you know, uh, everything they do. But then you've got, people like us who we got none of that yeah you know and yeah some people can't find it within themselves to understand this is a fortification you need to build for yourself if it's not in your family you know unit you need you need to step aside from them and fortify your own self mm. Mm. you know i'm still the black sheep <laughs> <laughs> Still a black sheep, the only tattooed biker in the whole family. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, nevertheless, I'm not invited to any of the functions with my uh, siblings on my mother's. Is that right? 
Is that right? They still don't invite you. I'm cat. Uh, no, I'm. I'm now, and um, two of my siblings I haven't talked to in over twenty years. Uh, and, wow. And, and one of them, she's just uh, she uh, tries to um, sabotage everything I do. <laughs> And it's funny because everybody catches her, you know, and everybody looks at her. And when, mm. you know, uh, um, my sock swaddle family really don't know a whole lot about my past. Okay. You know, they all accept me for who I am today, you know, tattooed. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to stand around and smile while somebody lies, you know, I'll, you you know, uh, if I know it to be a lie, I'm going to bring it up right now because I'm not going to deal with it later. It's um, I, de I demand truth to be around in my environment. And if you bring a lie to my environment, I'm going to turn it into truth, whether you like it or not. So uh, my sock family really, really appreciates the lesson. Um, half of my, uh, you know, half of my um, family from the river, they're scared of what I might say. So they, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, watch what you ask her, because it's going to come out blunt as a baseball bat. So um, uh, was, a lot of my family don't like to talk to me um, on, on, you know, um, my dad's side of the family. Some of them are just seriously just scared of what might come out of my mouth because it's not that I don't have a filter. It's that don't lie. <laughs> That's my whole thing is don't lie because yeah. I won't accept it. I don't accept that in my life. Um, and a lot of people, you know, that's just what they do. They just, you know, um, mm. for whatever reason, you know, so. And I wonder, as you're saying that, Mary, I'm making this connection to what you said earlier about, you know, when people, when people take the sacrament or want to, you know, take mushrooms or peyote or, you know, other psychedelics, um, at, at least with you, um, they need to do some of that, that truth finding for themselves, right? But but also it sounds like there's this other piece that you said, and that is the medicine. It's our job to carry out the truth that the medicine gives us. Yeah. And so, and so if you don't feel like someone can do that, then you you don't allow them to have the sacrament. Is that right? No, um, that's why we have San Pedro. I used to have mushrooms available. Right now, I do not. I would. I, I just don't have them available. There's, you know, the San Pedro is a really good option for people who aren't ready to make that commitment. I see. Um, because it, San Pedro is the male of the species of mescaline that grows in nature. Mm -hmm. And the um, this particular uh, spirit of this uh, cactus, um, it will help you work on your, the human side of your being, your you know your own image, how you think of yourself. I've used it with people uh, for addictions, for you know, um, 
for, you know, um, these human anomalies in our, you know, in our personality. Um, mm -hmm. um, because all those things need to be healed before you take the sacrament. Because the sacrament, I insist that people have had, you know, all of their issues put behind them. They've dealt with them all. And yeah. take the sacrament with clean hands and a clear heart. And and um, and that's what I require because if you don't, then um, you know I've seen um, in other instances through you know through a Native American church where people have these personality problems after they take the sacrament. Well, it's not they have these personality problems after they take the sacrament. It was uh, persisting, and and I've uh, told. I've told several roadmen that this is not this is not come from taking the medicine this was pre-existing yeah 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 wow so wow. um using the san pedro or mushrooms really helped you get to that point where you can say okay you either will say okay i'm going to you know i, I i'm going to um um, do my very best to um, be a good human being for the spirit that I'm housing now. Yeah. It's spirituality. I mean, uh, I, I mean, my husband says he he likes the San Pedro. He he rarely ever has ever used the sacrament. Um, he prefers the San Pedro because, but a few times he's used the peyote. It's just too too intense for him you know he you know he's already had a, a real hard life as a um vietnam veteran he served in vietnam yes so, you yes. know he doesn't need any more added you know pressure yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so he likes to send pedro but and he and he says you know it's like having this um it's like having this this monk that knows everything inside of me i just have to think about what it is if i'm trying to look for an answer or something about about something he said i just have to take a moment clear my mind and the answer comes to me like it's like i have this monk that knows everything living inside of me yes so wow. part of the you know these, these these spiritual beings they're part of you know universal truth you know and if you have a you know if you have a clear and clean enough you know, heart and hands, then these things will be really easy for you. Um, I, I, I've had people think that these things are going to change them, you know, and it's not going to change you. It's, it's not going to change you. If, you know, you're going to be what you were before, you know, and this yeah. is why I have people work on themselves, do all this, you know, do all this crown work. Yes. Know? As you're going to be what you were before, you're just going to have, you know, a wider um, spiritual outlook. That's all. Your spiritual outlook will not, it, I mean, whatever people think, you know, I know that Silicon Valley and all that, they had all, they like to, you know, expand their minds because their job is going to get better or whatever the heck, you know. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. It doesn't work that way, you know, and this is how, yeah. this is why people have these. This is why these people have these um, 
um, breakdowns after um, some of these. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who have had these breakdowns. They've come here and tried to want me to fix them after they've taken these psychedelics of all different kinds mm, from mm-hmm. synthetic, synthetic frog thing to ayahuasca to you name it under the sun. I've had people come and want me to help them get their head tied on straight. And you can't, you can't, um, you have to commit to something. You can't just go out and, you know, willy nilly take every psychedelic because it's going to, people say you're going to be a better person. No, you're not. You're going to be the same person. You'll just have experienced psychedelics. I love that. I was just going to ask you too, like, what, what do you, what do you think about people that are just doing it recreationally? Like I, you know, I want to, there's, yeah, a price, there's a heavy price to be paid for that heavy price i'm seeing um i see uh i know at least four people um one was a professor at southern oregon university and mm. two other teachers and professors mm. uh, they are so screwed up i mean mm. and they asked me to help them and that's like it's too late <laughs> to ask me to help you I you know you broke and and I've told people before at the psychedelic conferences there's things in nature if you break them they will not grow back you cannot fix them and you cannot replace them and your psyche that receptor that that gives you that psychedelic effect is one of those things and with all of this you know experimenting with all these psychedelics it's all it's so it's so ridiculous to me. I mean, I I've uh, been to several conferences since 2014, and um, and spoke every conference I've ever been to. I've always said I don't know what the hell I'm doing here because I'm a legal 501c. I'm licensed by the federal government to do what I'm doing. You folks yeah. are willy nilly experimenting with psychedelics. Yeah. I yeah. never, and I've told people, I don't, uh, people say, oh, you're a member of the psychedelic community. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, oh, I I'm in a field <laughs> standing all by myself. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the Native American church is even, you know, based on Christianity. So, you know, yeah. I'm in a field all on my own. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons I sought you out, however long ago it was, Mary, is because it, you know, um, I started doing this, um, you know, ketamine assisted psychotherapy for clients, you know, um, lower doses just to help them, you know, relax and and lower their defenses so we could actually get to the material Um, higher doses. They kind of go on an inward journey. But I sought you out because right away, oh, I get emotional. Right away, I was like, I'm I'm dealing with something bigger here than this white medicine, white medical male model of medicine. And oh yeah, it does help depression. Ketamine really does help depression. But we've plugged in, and 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 I know ket I know ketamine is different than um, um, plant-based, but 
what, what for me, what, what was going on was now, wait a minute, you know, we are touching into spiritual realms with this psychedelic, even though it's a synthetic and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I do not know what the fuck I'm doing. And yes, there's all, there's this psychedelic community out there and there's these trainings and who are they led by white males and, and not all of that, right? And it's not all white, but we don't have the history. I don't have, I should speak for myself. I don't have the history. This is not, you know, I haven't done, you're helping me. I haven't done the ancestral work, you know? And yes, there's a difference between ketamine-assisted psychotherapy because that's more, you know, they ju- we justify it by, okay, we're within our bounds as psychotherapists to do psychotherapy, right? Now it's almost like we're commodifying something that um, indigenous peoples are, have been doing for thousands of years. And we're saying, oh, here's this new product. And so there, there's that sort of economy and, and, and colonization, if you want to call it, and, um, and just plain old ripping off. And then there's also, uh, so that's happening. But yet for me, it's like, I don't know, in the, in the, in the spiritual realm, I think, you know, and in, the, in what the medicine is doing, I sought you out because we don't fucking know what we're doing, you know? But you do. But listen to me. But you do. You just don't have the vocabulary, the spiritual vocabulary to support what you're already doing. Mm. Mm. You as a person, I don't know about other psychotherapists, but you as a person, you have already done the work. I can mm. see that you've done all this work on yourself. Mm. So you just lack the spiritual vocabulary and understanding to to move forward. Yeah. So you have all this before you even went to school to be a psychotherapist. You already were healing yourself. You just didn't have the spiritual vocabulary and uh, you know an understanding to 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 see what's happening. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And I feel, yeah. And yet I also think it's dangerous that we're entering, we're, we're, you know, with the psychedelic psychotherapy or the psychedelic clinics that are out there. And, you know, um, psilocybin is going to be legal in, in Colorado, probably in a couple of years. That's and yet, pretty- yeah, maybe personally, I'm on, uh, maybe personally, I'm on the right journey, but, but also institutionally, it feels it feels a bit wrong to me well see and this is the, this is the you know and, and this is a good point to make about your path with with this type of understanding see you can make a difference to other psychotherapists that don't understand that they're dealing with something more than just the brain there's a whole spiritual aspect there you see, go even, even taking that ketamine i i've never i don't know what it is I've, I've never experienced it, but I can imagine that 
you know, with the right um, spiritual understandings coming from the person that administers it, you can help people learn to help themselves so they don't need you and they don't need it. And that's, you know, that's the real, that's the yeah. real um, healing point. And, and people have told me, other psychiatrists and people have told me, well, that's not what they want to do. You know, they don't heal people so they can go on with their life. They, they want to heal people just enough so they need to come back and see. And that's not that, you know, and, and as far as healing goes in a natural way, in a natural setting, that is just not right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's no better than Christianity that you, only I, only for me, you can go to God. It's the same yeah. thing, you yeah. know, this type of medicine, Western medicine, they're doing the same thing as Christianity. You can't get better unless you come to me. They're not going to help you. They're not going to help you heal. So you don't need them at all. And that's really what, and that's really what healing is supposed to do. We're supposed to heal people so they don't need us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like it that you also say, you know, um, so that they don't need the medicine anymore, mm -hmm. you know. You know, um, it's uh, you know, um, aside from anomalies like me and a few other people, um, you know, once or twice in a lifetime is all anyone should ever have to use psychedelics in the way that I administer them to people. You should only need them once or twice in your whole life. Wow. Okay. Okay. You know. I suggest people stay in contact with people on the same spiritual journey they are, you know, on the same spiritual path. We're all trying to help each other, you know, be better than we were yesterday. That's, you know, that's what the whole point is, you know? Yeah. After you've experienced uh, psychedelics, like I, I, I'm, um, I'm friends with the son of, uh, the peyote distributor I met in Texas. And um, yeah, he tells me that his father just passed away. And his father his father and I were really close. He he mm. told my uncle if I, he said, I never had a daughter, but if I had a daughter, I'd want her to be exactly like Mary. My uncle's like, <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> so Rudy and I are like, you know, uh, we're like, you know, siblings, of, you know, so, mm. you know, mm. and, 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 um, he's always happy to, he's always happy to talk to me and hear from me because it's like, he's like, you know, I hear so much of my dad in, you know, what you say. I, I hear so much of my father and, you know, how you live your life. And see, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. You see, his father helped me heal. Mm, you know, mm. even though I didn't really know I needed to be, you know, on the healing path, his father helped me quite a bit, you know, accepting myself, you know, accepting myself. Um, I'm just a person like everybody else. You know, I have my doubts. I, you know, I, I know I'm a good person. I might not have always done good things, but I know I'm a good person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you I, know. I think I understand that in a, in a deeper way. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, you aren't your actions, you know, 
and and that's what people and that's what I think a lot of people um, go to therapies about is about action. Right. Not about spirituality. These actions are affecting their spirituality, and and that you know, and this is where modern psychotherapy can help people come to this conclusion with themselves that it's it, 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 it's it's you know it's it's not this physical vehicle that's in needing of help. It's the spiritual, the spiritual being you're hauling around from here to there. Mm. This is mm. you know. And every single person I've known to uh, be in therapy or go to therapy, it's because it's our, our physical being is 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 in the way of what our spiritual life is 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 bringing us to. And when it's contrary to what we've been taught or believe or think, <laughs> people get you know well. A lot of people go to alcohol. A lot of people go to drugs. A lot. They think they're escaping. No, you're not escaping. You're creating more havoc. <laughs> you know, the escape is accepting it, embracing it, and moving on. You know. <laughs> I I love this, and and you know, <laughs> oh, I just laughed because <laughs> I could see, I could see. Having when people come into my <laughs> office, you know, yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, you get five sessions, right? And, <laughs> and if you're not willing to do it in five sessions, then adios, right? Yeah. You're, you're more patient than me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mary would be. <laughs> Mary. Yeah. You didn't come up with right you're coming through the door (laughs) yeah yeah you're not coming (laughs) yeah because that's really you know really we you know that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with you know the spiritual life of this person that's you know their human being is contradicting their spirituality so they've got this energy that's not Working together, we're supposed to work yeah. together. It's a flow. It's not mm, this all the time, you know, because society yeah. teaches us this, and our spirit wants us to do this, <laughs> you know. But if you're, you know, and that's really the thing is helping people to see where it is, where it is that they're making the, you know, judgment because that's really what people are doing. They're judging themselves. Mm. They, on and they're and they're and they're and they're measuring it based on what this guy over here is doing yeah or what he has done when it has absolutely nothing we cannot judge ourselves or weigh ourselves according to some other human being and when we do we're hurting ourselves and a lot of people that's what their big issue is is that they're measuring themselves according to what this person said they should be or that person is doing. I'm sure you've had people come to you that are struggling with that, right? Yeah. What What do you tell them? Knock it uh, off? <laughs> in so many words. I put up with it for a little bit of time. 
Okay. You know, you could, when I notice that their language is just drawing the energy of my knowledge in this area and it's not to help them, it's yeah. because they're feeding on this knowledge. Mm. When I see it and I, uh, I, I, I've experienced spirit eaters all my life. I know what they are and I know what they do. And I know what happens when they feed on people like me, they get very, very ill. So wow. I, don't want to make, I don't want people to make themselves sick. Mm. You know, and the questionnaire, I, the questionnaire I have, I mean, it reveals enough to me to know whether I want to even pursue any type of, um, a further relationship with this person <clears throat> because then we have to you know we have to understand our spirituality has this value mm. and, and and this is this you know you should take this to heart too because your spirituality has this value mm. and to accept that people treat you as if you have this much value mm not respecting your own spirituality mm. you know, this is what i have to fight with myself all the time you yeah. know i want to help these people and do this with these people but i am not going to insult my own intelligence and my own spirituality i have to pass and it and you know it hurts my heart when i have to you know pass people up because of where they're at but, but it's just like knowing when your grass needs to be cut <laughs> you know yeah yeah you know, you know it's not time to cut the grass so you know um but you know you have to weigh weigh that with yourself because that by the respect you give your own spirituality the knowledge that you have the knowledge that you're receiving you have in, in the spiritual life, you have to respect it and, you know, you have to show it respect in, in such a manner that I have people think that I'm, I'm sure they think I'm ridiculous, but that's okay. I'm ridiculous. You know, I've earned that right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. I love Better that. Better to be ridiculous than angry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, that's where, you know, that's where the spiritual growth, because we're constantly growing, you know, it's, this is not, it's, you know, the day that we, you know, that our, our, our spark of life that started growing us in the womb, the day that stops teaching us something is the day we die. Without that spark of life, we have nothing. That's our being. That's our generator. That's what, you know, that's what. You know, does all, makes all these other organs work and the brain and all that crap, you know? Mm. Mm. It's that spark of life. And, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of people who have told me, oh, God, Mary, you know, and, and there's the one friend of mine that I've known for a long time. Uh, um, I, I talked to him about a spark of life about 12 years ago. And every once in a while, he'll call me, and, oh, my God, Mary, I'm still growing. <laughs> like i know i know we all are yeah i know but you know some people um really you know they're really ready to hear this 
you know, some people don't even really know why they're coming to certain people. You yes. know, but they're needing to hear what, you know, what our spirituality is here to do for them. You know, um, not yet, you know, you could go, um, there's a lot of Native people who would never speak to uh, 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 people of other races this way. And it's like, you know, um, <clears throat> well, what part of we're all human don't you understand? You know, a yeah. lot of people don't understand why, you know, there's a lot of Native people <laughs> who don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. We're all human beings. Just like all trees are trees. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean, I'm not going to, you know, I've been separated out. And I certainly am not going to be, you know, one to separate people out. You know, I mean. I love that about you, Mary. <laughs> I really do. I mean, that, that when I, when I first heard you say that some time ago, uh, it, it just changed. It changed my way of thinking about myself. You know, um, and yeah, I mean, I get emotional thinking about it that, you know what that did? It just, it hit me like boom, acceptance, that, that acceptance we never got. I was speaking to your spark of life and it helped it. It did. It heard me, you know, and I know that about people when I speak to people and I know that their spark of life heard me. You know, because that's what I'm speaking to. I'm not, you know, um, our human beings are so dumb. <laughs> when you when you want to look at the intelligence of our spirituality, you know, it's easy to talk to the. It's really easy to talk to the human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the spirit requires a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I want to be mindful of our time, but this is like part one of five or something. I think, you know, it just feels, it feels like we could keep, keep on going. We'll do more of these for sure, because you've already said so many things that are so going to be so helpful and, and so interesting because they're, it's a whole different level of, um, of understanding how, how someone grows and heals that, um, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast, right? With, with you, but in general to look at different ways of healing, because I think, you know, our white Northern European, yeah. And a lot of it's good. I know that, but, but, um, I just wanted people to see different ways and see, you know, and, and, um, challenge their minds, challenge the idea of, of, you know, spirituality, of healing, um, and yeah, and and I love it also, you know, we're talking about the psychedelics and, and, um, and your knowledge about them. I, I really want people to think about, you know, what we're doing and how we're doing it and and challenge our like who the fuck are we to say this is which you know this is how you heal someone you know and so yeah this is going to be great i hope you enjoyed today's therapy road trip 
please drop us a line and let us know your thoughts. You can email us at patrickprague at me.com, which is P-A-T-R-I-C-K-P-R-A-G at me.com. For my producer, Claire Hooker, and myself, thank you for joining us. 